You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. You ever watch that movie that it's from? The bodyguard? bodyguard? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Actually, I don't remember. You don't remember it? <laughs> All right, I think we're checked up. Good to go. You ready? I am ready. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris. And that's it again. Again. Um, Jason Baker is. Uh, Almost done recovering from his surgery. I think he's supposed to get his stitches out and approved to drive. And but I know they got a lot going on, so I I told them I said executive decision. I said we'll bring him back after uh, they're supposed to go on vacation. So after vacation, unless they're all healed up, rested up. Um, so, but speaking of him, I am thankful that he um preached regardless of his circumstances i guess i didn't explain all of this on sunday but i will i will now like obviously he knew he was gonna have knee surgery yeah but he had been waiting for that and then but i think he had agreed to preach that sunday anyways but he just everyone like all the doctors everyone's telling him you're going to be three days. You'll be back on your feet. You'll be fine. Yep. So he prepped a week ahead of time. So his sermon was done. Everything was done before his surgery, thinking, well, he'll just recover and then be good to go for that Sunday. And as most people could tell, that was not the case. It was a, a lot. <laughs> I think the <laughs> surgery was a lot more invasive right. than I thought. Uh, and the pain medication, medication really messed with them. And then... Uh, so by like Thursday, Wednesday night or Thursday, I can't remember, he messaged me that he was going to record the message in case he couldn't be there. And I was like, well, I'll come over and do it, which publicly, I'll just say it, I should have <laughs> reached out to Bo Bo or Tech, yeah. po, Bo or tech Director uh, to help, or because uh, it would have been a lot better, but... I did not. I did not. I just did it and recorded it on my phone over at Jason Baker's house. But he was struggling. I could tell his knee was really hurting uh, while he did that. So two Sundays ago, we got a video message. Yep. Um, so that that was the situation. But so anyways, so this last Sunday, um, we started a new series. But um, before we get into that. I'm, oh, I did mention that Sunday. I mentioned it Sunday yeah, that we thinks, were at yeah. the Gospel Coalition Conference up in Indianapolis, yep. and we had been planning to, for that. Was it a year? Ago? Almost, almost a year. I think ago. it was back in February. Yeah, we had. But yeah, almost. Uh, no, it it that was when we registered. Right. We okay, that's talk, right. Yeah, we that's had right. Been talking. We registered about in February. Been planning about who was going to go, who wanted yep. to go, who was available to go. Um, so we went to the Gospel Coalition 
conference um, in downtown Indianapolis. Yep. We had registered, like we said, months in advance. Um, and so you, you register, and then we registered for micro events that we got to pick out based mm-hmm. on the topics that you wanted uh, to listen to, learn from. So, um, yeah, I've been to similar things. But that I have was, not. You have not. You have yeah. not. What was your favorite part of the conference? This answer is going to be a lot like this be what a, I'm. This what was your, the question you asked me before we went? What were you most looking forward to? This is your longest answer. This is very similar. Oh, no, yeah. this is not my longest <laughs> answer. But I, I can't narrow it down to one answer. Okay. okay. I loved uh, the extended night of worship Monday night yeah. with City of Light. I thought yeah, that was that really was cool. It was awesome. Um, seeing David Platt and John Piper live was amazing. Yeah. Uh, meeting Piper is definitely high on the list. Oh yeah. Um, I enjoyed, as you know, and heard, heard. I enjoyed Platt, David Platt's micro event. Yeah. Who was with him? Piper was with him, and then um, uh, I can't remember who he brought out. Is my he had test test. My mic working. Uh-huh. Check check. Y'all hear me? <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> my microphone working. Yeah, I think it is. If not, we'll figure it out. Okay. All right, go ahead. You like um, and David Platt. Yeah, Platt's micro event. Uh, I'd never heard of HB uh, Charles before this this weekend, and he shared a great message at his keynote. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I had never been to Indianapolis, so it was kind of cool to explore the city in the very little downtime that we had. Right. Um, that was neat. But yeah, I would definitely, definitely be interested in going back again if the opportunity should ever, should ever arise. So they do the Gospel um, Coalition Conference every other year. Every other year. So, twenty twenty five. If anyone wants to to go, we'll probably go back. Um, which I just saw because Mary Felty is Mary Felty. She's already <laughs> registered for the, for the, women, oh, the women's yeah, the conference. Women's conference. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was texting Gabe about it. Uh, Gabe, <laughs> he called it Jesus Con. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> so Mary came back and went for, to her Jesus Con and um, yeah, spent a significant amount on books but good for her good for her those are that's what she's all about i think she was annoyed that we weren't buying as many books (laughs) i'm like they're giving me free books and they gave me that free sweatshirt yep i got a free sweatshirt for just giving an email i did buy one book so oh you did that date it was a david platt book book. that got you then they (laughs) that micro event got you (laughs) Well, good. Let's see here. All right. I think we're good. Still good to go. You get more text messages. Chris has had a pretty serious afternoon. Everyone in his family is concerned about these alerts that happened on our phone. I guess one of the guys that was cutting the trees down was taking a nap in our yard. So, well, (laughs) did not. Apparently, he didn't hear the alert. Um, so, no, anyways, it was a good conference, and I, I wanted to publicly say that to the church, too, just um, 
just thankful for the ability to go, knowing that there's a lot of people that can't go. Um, honestly, there's a lot of churches that just don't value their leadership yeah. or care about them, and they don't get to go to things like that. So um, I think for me, I, I was... I shouldn't be, but it was. It had an unusual effect to just listen, to sit and listen to preaching that much for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, like it was a lot. It, it was. Lot. It was work. Like it was just to sit there yeah. and pay attention and not fall asleep. And like it's just uncomfortable sitting in these chairs for. I mean, you're talking hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. every for three days straight, but. It was that good reminder of of what that does to you mentally for your heart. And I thought, you know what, I, I don't have to wait till twenty twenty five to get a piece of of that kind of effect um in my life. I can listen to podcasts and mm. other preaching more often than I do. Um so anyways, I don't know, maybe it was just like Obviously, I'm the one that's talking. I'm usually the one that's teaching, preaching on a Sunday. Yeah. So to hear other people preach at me live was, it was healthy. It was more healthy than I think people realize. Mm. So, um, but there it is. We went to the, the conference. We're back. Um, Corey loved me being gone for a week <laughs> she was just she was thrilled thrilled about it um so um all right well we did start a new ish series sunday we are finishing first samuel yep. now you don't have to sigh about it i mean sorry golly is that what you no, did? It was good. When I is that what you did on Sunday? My yeah. intro introduction. You I know? took notes. I probably have a picture. Of like, my Here we go. First Samuel again. No. Back at it. Back at it. Only not super long. I tried to. This whole series has been Kingdom Hope, but to kind of land this plane with the series, I I picked a new title. Because uh, I mean, we started this a long time ago. So there's certainly people in our church right now that weren't here when I started First Samuel. <laughs> so it's kind of started fresh. Yeah. I gave a little recap, yep, um, which we won't do now. But I gave a recap, no. uh, a ve- a very brief recap on Sunday. But we started in First Samuel 21, one through nine. The very strange question that we started off with was, "What's so great?" about the bread should i i guess you'll you'll we'll start recapping what that mean what i mean by that but chris why was david even on the run to begin with Uh, if we step back and look in at first samuel 20 we see we get the story where david meets with his best friend jonathan Uh, they make their covenant uh, to each other they make a uh, they make a plan to find out saul's true intentions toward david um, when we find out that Saul confirmed that he, he wanted David dead. Um, so Jonathan let David know what he shot the arrows and gave the commands to the boy that was out there with him. And so David went on the run. Good job. Yeah. No, it's true. And, uh, 
so to recap before we go into that next question, he he finds himself um, in a Levitical town, small little Levitical town, uh, two two miles northeast of Jerusalem, um, called Nob, yeah. and there's the tabernacle is there because I didn't go into too much detail, but if people do remember early on, the Philistines come in and what it appears to be burned down the place of worship in Shiloh, which is even more north uh, than Nob. So you have the tabernacle, the place of worship uh, in this small town of Levitical priests. David um, arrives in Ahimelech, the priest, um, welcomes him, and I guess in some way. And David's like, I'm hungry, and I don't got any weapons with me. Give me some bread to eat. And Himlech says, I don't, I don't have any common bread, but I have holy bread. Which, will we talk about that? I guess we will. We will talk, we about, will that. talk about that. But that's kind of where we're headed with that. Yep. So it's a question for you. Uh, what does it mean that Jesus is the bread of life? And you've referenced John six thirty one through thirty five. Yeah, let me read those verses because it was it was imperative to read that at the front end of the message mm-hmm. so we can kind of see uh, where where we're going with that in the in the passage. But this is John six starting in verse thirty one. It says, "Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat." Jesus then said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you." It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives to the world, it gives a life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. So Jesus said to them, Well, I am I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So what does it mean that Jesus is the bread of life? And Chris just punched his microphone. Um, what does it mean that Jesus is the bread of life? I'll, I'll, let me just give you the answer to that according to John 6 and what we see in the passage. Uh, when we say that Jesus is the bread of life, he's from heaven. Mm-hmm. You see that in John 6. He's given by the Father. You see mm-hmm. that comparison where in the wilderness, um, the Israelites... Hungry, God provided them manna to eat from heaven. And so uh, Jesus is from heaven. He's given by the Father. And he um, is offered as an eternal and present provision. Just like that bread um, offered some sort of provision in the wilderness. Uh, it had to be given every day. Yeah. Where I'll talk about this later. But Jesus becomes the eternal uh, present provision. Uh, the bread of life. So you'll never hunger again. Yep. So um, that's the beginning. And I think we'll answer m- more of that as we go through. So the question, what's so great about the bread? I gave two points um, this past Sunday. The bread of life is holy. So Chris, what is the bread of presence? Uh, let's see. The bread of presence was a special bread that was always present on a table in the tabernacle. Um, you read Exodus twenty five thirty during the sermon, which is the actual first mention of the bread. Um, the verse says, And you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. You also read Leviticus twenty four, five through seven, I believe. 
Yeah. Describes the bread. Um, the bread of presence was made of fine flour. It was baked into uh, 12 loaves, arranged into two piles of six loaves, uh, each on a table of pure gold. It was covered with frankincense and uh, served as a memorial food offering to the Lord. Um, now, the bread could only, or supposed to only be eaten by Aaron and his sons in a holy place, and it was set out every Sabbath day. I think it was good bread. I don't know. I think you dip I don't it know in some frankincense, frankincense taste like. Like some olive oil, salt, and pepper. Mm-hmm. Are you a bread guy? Um, no, not on my low carb thing. I'm not. But it, I mean, if I well, was, yeah, if you're yeah. on a diet, yeah. But I'm, if you had your choice, oh yeah, say, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I could take it or leave it. But I do I do like fresh bread. Who who would do that? Like Olive um, Garden? N- yes, but no, I'm thinking no. yeah, well they they are good, but I'm thinking um who does it? Bonefish grill will do it. Know. You know the bread and then they give you the olive oil and salt and pepper and then you dip the bread in no? I've never been there. You've never been been to Bonefish? Mm-mm. Well I only I go I when I get a gift card, so because <laughs> it's a little pricey, but um, it's good. The last time Corey and I went in there, it just seems like there's a lot of people that don't go to Bonefish when you talk to them, and then you showed up, and you're like, oh, everyone's, everyone's at Bonefish. Bonefish. The place was slam-packed <laughs> full of people, but it was really good. Is it a fish place? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I mean, they were like, we don't do fish here. <laughs> you know, only meatballs and hot dogs. You're like, that's... Doesn't match your sign. There's even a fish on your sign. <laughs> Never been. No, know. it's good. It's a chain. It's a chain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have bread there. That's how we got there. <laughs> <coughs> Speaking, continue on the bread right. topic. Uh, Jason, for you, how was the bread holy? So it was made holy by setting it apart, as you mentioned, as a sacrifice before the Lord. So it was this consistent daily sacrifice it was holy as you mentioned as that it could only be eaten by the priest the levitical line of aaron so you did reference this in leviticus 24 i'll read on what it says in verse 8 it says every sabbath day aaron shall arrange it the bread before the lord regularly which i have a tough time saying that word i don't is that yeah i was super self-conscious every time i said it on sunday it's just not an easy word to say. Yeah. I don't say it regularly. <laughs> it is from the people of Israel as a covenant forever. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons. Mm-hmm. And they shall eat it in a holy place. Since it is for him a most holy portion out of the Lord's food offerings. A perpetual due. So the point being, and we'll answer this as we go on. But it wasn't holy bread um, because it was the best tasting bread on the block it was holy because it was set apart so for you yep why does it matter that christ is holy all right i tried to come up with like this fancy answer uh but but what you said in the sermon sums it up just fine and you said because without christ you're not holy (laughs) 
Okay. Um, You're yeah. like, I was trying to come up with a good answer, yeah. but let me just read what you said. Let me just read on what you said. <laughs> but no, I got some. You shared the following verse. I'm going to read it again. You shared uh, Hebrews 7:26, uh, for it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. And I also have down here First uh, Peter 1:16. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And then I also have uh, John three sixteen and 17. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You read some verses I didn't read on yeah. Sunday, so that's good. I always think of better cross-references after okay. Sunday. Well, I mean, I'm not writing the sermon. I don't know that I would I would either. I mean, I'm, I'm getting these after the fact. Yeah, they're just yeah. things that pop in your brain or I'm reading. I'm like, oh, that would have been a good one to share. Um, um, so for you, Jason, how are we made holy? So let me answer that question. In light of the tabernacle and the bread of presence. So you went Hebrews 7, I think. I'm going to go Hebrews 9. Uh, Hebrews 9, starting verse 1, it says, Now even the first covenant had regulations of worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which we were, the, in which there were the lampstand and the table and the bread of presence. It is called the holy place. So the first covenant is with with God's people involved uh, tabernacle worship. Uh, It was a holy place. It was a place of perpetual sacrifice. It was meant to point us to a a greater covenant Mm -hmm. uh, that didn't involve setting out new bread every every time. Um, So that's Hebrews 9, 1 through 2. I'll jump down to verses 11 through 12. It says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So Christ made a better covenant, a new covenant. So he's, it's a lot to just, you'll probably spend a lifetime connecting those dots and seeing how it all just perfectly goes together. But he's not only the high priest, but he's also the holy bread. So he's Mm -hmm. fully holy, set apart, and only he has the right to make sacrifice for the eternal redemption. So Christ paid the punishment um, and wrath of a holy God on our behalf. And then he wipes the slate clean. And I always, like, I grew up in church, and I just, that's kind of where it all stopped, you know? You're forgiven. Your yeah. your sins are made white as snow. Um, but that's not the end of the gospel. That just means the bank account is zero, and zero doesn't get you into heaven. Um, so Christ not only wipes the slate clean, takes the bank account to zero, 
um, pays off the debt, Christ imputes or gives us his righteousness to share, meaning like he loads the bank account with his righteousness. So he makes us holy like he is holy. Um, It's a lot to think about, um, but there's you can even see some of that in 1 Samuel 21. Um, So the bread of life is holy. Why? How is the bread so great? Only other point, or at least sub-point, is the bread of life is free to all. So this is a back-to-back second question for you. Why did Jesus bring up this account um, in Luke 6, 1 through 5? Should I read it? And you might take some of my answers. No, I'm not. I (laughs) specifically gave you that answer because I wanted to hear you answer it. So to bring up that account, uh, let me bring up a separate account, actually. Okay. An account I did not bring up on Sunday. But this is Matthew 9, uh, 9 through 13. Um, This is when Jesus sees a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth and said, Come follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. But it says this in verse 10, And Jesus reclined at the table in the house. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and the disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well need no of, need, have no need of a physician but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. Says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We know that Jesus desires mercy over sacrifice in the same way that he desires obedience over sacrifice. Jesus um, confronts these Pharisees in Luke 6. So if you were to go back and look at Luke 6, the Pharisees are accusing Jesus and his disciples of, of working on the Sabbath by picking grain to eat um but and that's specifically an issue of of the sabbath um so in first samuel 121 david is eating holy bread for priests on the sabbath so that's why he brings it up in luke 6 Uh, the rules of the sabbath were were not meant to keep believers from showing mercy to someone that was in need Maybe that does start impeding on your answer. Yeah, um, but I think that's why he's, he's bringing it up of, of the point is mercy. And mm-hmm. to have these, the Levitical law was not designed to keep people from having and showing mercy. Um, all right. You're looking at me like I'm answering your question it's now. Fine. So was yeah. Jesus condoning breaking the Levitical law? Because that's what it seems like. That's why the Pharisees... Or, or attacking him. Follow me here, and I'll answer it at the end. All right. So you mentioned some of this. Um, so Jesus brings up this story about David, and technically the bread was only lawful for the priests, um, but the bread helped David and, and those other guys not starve to death. Uh, and just as the grain uh, served a practical need for God, uh, for God's anointed, Jesus and his followers when they're walking through this field. Okay, 
So um, if we think back, the Sabbath was a command to take a full day of rest each week. Right, and it's original Mosaic law, that's what it was. But eventually it gets twisted into this heavy burden adding restrictions beyond what God's law said. Man added all this stuff to it. So um, my answer is no. Jesus was not condoning, um, was not condoning the breaking of the Levitical law. But um, Jesus was making the point that the Sabbath and the law was intended to help people, not burden them. And He also let them know that that Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. Right. So yeah, which I think is a, is an important point because there is that misconception that like Jesus comes and he got rid of the the law. Jesus came to make the law disappear. And I'm like Jesus came to fulfill the law in ways that you never could. Right. Or in ways that you think you are but you're not. Um and so there's a lot we I mean this is probably I mean our own small group the discussion can go either way on a Sunday night. I mean, sometimes we're right on it. Sometimes we're not having, we're not even discussing the Bible. I don't know what we're discussing, but this was probably the most pointed discussion we had was over this, this question, because there is a lot to talk about it, even more than what we've just been saying. So, but yeah, no, that was good. That's helpful. Um, So why can't we be the same after encountering the bread of life? I did want to bring this question up. This is an important question. Um, and I only made a comment about it on Sunday. Just because I didn't want to be accused of meaning something I'm not trying to communicate. I did make a comment about it, but it was it's important enough to answer. Um, the bread of life is free to all. It's offered to everyone, regardless of your background uh, regardless of what you're, you've struggled with in the past or what you're struggling with right now, um, the bread of life is still offered to anyone that might come. It's free because there's nothing that you can do to earn it and there's nothing that you did to deserve it. Right. However, um, coming to Christ is not eating a free meal and then going home to do whatever you want. Coming to Christ means never being the same again. Mm -hmm. I guess in many ways, it's like, why did people come to Jesus in the New Testament that came for miracles? Maybe, I mean, you had this miraculous feeding of thousands, and they ate of the loaves and fishes, and how many of them just went home and live their life like they never had even encountered Jesus. There's a difference between the two realities. Um, So, lots of verses, but I'll just give two. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then in chapter 5, verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So encountering the bread of life forces you to make the decision. 
If you've encountered Jesus, you are being forced to make a decision. Will you turn down the free bread, or will you die with Christ and live by faith? Will you turn down the free bread, or will you crucify the flesh with its passions and desires? So to have Christ living in you means that you live by what Christ calls you to in his word. All of it, not just the stuff that you um, love or um, all of the verses about being kind to others. It's also um, what the word says about financial stewardship, about sexual ethics, about loving your enemy. Um, the bread of life is not, if this is helpful, the, the bread of life is not a golden corral buffet. Like you don't get to choose what you like about right. the Lord and then leave everything else out there for someone else to take. It's either all of Christ and Christ alone or nothing. That's what the bread of life, partaking of the bread of life really means. Uh, it means you got to take it all and you can never be the same again. So, all right. Yep. I have a main point. Whoever comes to Christ will never hunger again. To clarify that question, bring us home. How does Christ satisfy our hunger? By the way, since you did bring up John Piper, he 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 has a podcast, Ask John Piper. Yeah. And the question given to him was like, what do you mean by being satisfied? Because John Piper says that word all the time. Um and his answer was super helpful. I'm probably not going to. So I'm just saying, if Chris doesn't, if Chris doesn't <laughs> nail this answer, just go listen to that. All right. Uh, simplest thing I have here is that <laughs> Christ is our everything. Yep. Um, we find our purpose, our meaning, and our satisfaction in Him. He bore our sins on the cross, and as you will put, you put a lot better earlier than I will right now. He gave us His righteousness in return. Uh, he saved us from God's wrath. He is continually restoring us, and we have eternal life through Christ Jesus. Um, I have three verses to share, and then you can critique my answer if it was good enough. All right. Uh, I have Psalm 73, uh, 25 through 26, and that says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Uh, Acts seventeen twenty eight says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. And uh, my final one, uh, John six sixty eight says, uh, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yeah, that last verse would have been a good money cross reference for Sunday, but I didn't add it, so I'm glad you brought it up in the podcast. No, it was good. It was good. Um, if you if you have no idea what Chris just said, just look up what John. No, I'm joking. I'm just joking. No, that was a good. Um, because like I think we overcomplicate that. It's like, what do you care about the most? What do you desire the most? If it's anything other than Jesus, yeah. you're wrong in that moment. And just to give people space, 
to breathe, we all struggle with that. Just because I say that doesn't mean that like I wake up every day and I'm like, I just like looking so forward to being a Christian today. (laughs) Jesus means more to me than everything else. And I just float on the cloud the rest of the day. No, it's, it's a constant battle of, no, it's not about me. Um, and there's a lot of repentance involved with that, but because those desires are, we're saying, I guess, and even, even in that podcast episode, he does mention like the desires are normal. They're God given. Um, it's just the things that we desire are not only just the wrong thing. They're just, they're cheap. They're cheap things. Um, they're not eternal things. It's not Christ. fix, man. So, all right, we're done with the first episode. Um, Pretty quick. Yeah, I Same might thing. tell you, we may not record next week. Okay. We may not. I know you're bummed. I know you're bummed about it. Um, but we'll see. So, just oh, yeah. because it started here, it started. Um, my Cincinnati Reds are not in the wild card games, mm-hmm. but who who do you think is going to win the World Series? Now, we may have to revisit this question when we get past the division series, okay? That's, that's fair. Maybe. That's fair. But right now, I'm going with the Dodgers. Oh, uh, yeah, that is such a Yankees thing to say. That's, that, I mean, that, I, couldn't, I wouldn't have expected less oh from a Yankees fan. It's like, look, if my team, who everyone hates, if they're not going to win the World Series, let me root for the other team that everyone else <laughs> hates, the other people hate. Just other side, you know, different coast. Ugh. I'm, di- I'm, I'm like legitimately disappointed. Oh, in my you. goodness. You couldn't have said, and I'm, I'll give mine. I right. know what your answer is. What do you think? No, I'm, I'm saying you might... It's probably not gonna surprise you. I think it's the Braves. Oh, that does surprise me. Yeah, I think it's. I think they've been great. Um, I think they'll get it together. Come on. How many times have they been here? But you heard my answer earlier. I did. That I'm rooting. If I don't have anyone to root for, we'll root for the Elizabethan. Uh, We're rooting for uh, Evan Carter and the Rangers. And I don't have anything against the Texas Rangers. So. They've they've got my support. Yeah. I saw Westside Elementary. They did like like our kids dressed up like characters at right. Eastside and Westside. Was like Westside Evan, Carter, Evan Carter? Evan Carter Day. Um, what do you think I have to do to get like Jason Payne <laughs> Day at, at the, one of the elementary schools? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's some Christian school out there that has Jason Payne Day. You didn't even know about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think you've got to. <laughs> I don't know what like. I can't think of anything I'm cool enough to do. I can you know sink the Titanic or something, <laughs> something crazy. And then the, the Jace. See, even even saying that out loud, just, I wouldn't want to be a part of that day. <laughs> you know, it just sounds like a dumb Evan Carter day. Sounds cool. Jason Payne day sounds like. Like, this is going to be a bad day. They're like, no thanks, Mom. They're like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. All right, I'll pray and we'll be done. All right. God, thank you so much uh, for your word, for the encouragement. Um, God, just the reminder uh, that that Christ has come, the high priest, uh, to make 
the ultimate and final uh, sacrifice, God, that, that Christ is the bread of life, uh, that we would never hunger again. And so we're thankful for your word. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen.